0: The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network.
1: Oh,
2: yeah!
3: This is the Cigar Authority.
2: Have uh, you any imported cigars? The authority on everything cigar in and out of the cigar industry. It's time to
3: light them up.
1: Smoke if you got them.
3: It's time for the Cigar Authority.
1: I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell.
4: And we're going to burn one for the Gipper here on the Cigar Authority. It's Saturday, June 8th. And before we get started, I want to uh, dedicate this show to our uh, late, great, good friend, Eric Hansen. This is the one year anniversary of his passing. Uh, and Didn't even it. we reached out to the folks at Hammer and Sickle, and they actually preferred to celebrate his life privately and not come on the show and make a big deal about it. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to them. The family, the uh, company of Hammer and Sickle, and of course all of his friends, uh, those of us that went to the funeral saw how many friends it was. (coughs) You waited in in line for an hour, and uh, almost like you couldn't leave because there were so many hugs. So, dedicating this show to our good friend Eric Hansen. Newer and even older cigar smokers ask us all the time, how do you taste those tastes? Or, where do you come up with those wacky flavors when you're smoking cigars? I did some research, and I'm prepared to dive in to how the palate works and how you might be able to get the flavors out of your cigars in the future. All that and more today on The Cigar Authority.
5: And you're listening to The Cigar Authority now in its 10th year, making it the longest continually running cigar podcast. Awarded the Ambassadors of Cigars by Cigar Journal Magazine. Awarded the Top 10 Educational Podcast by Podbean four years in a row. The Cigar Authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world. Cigar radio at its finest. I guess we could argue that. And the Cigar Authority is a proud member of the United Podcast Network. You can catch the podcast on demand anytime or on our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com.
6: And Jonathan, did you write these show notes?
4: Some of them. You got a problem with my spelling or something?
6: Yeah. Pallet.
5: And I found it funny. Like, I sent him the show notes for my half of the show, which is just bullet points.
4: Did I misspell that?
5: That I'm going to be reading so I can read my own typo. He spelled pallets like the wood that stuff is stacked on. Well, that's what
4: a, that's what we're going to taste like. <laughs>
5: well, you're <I'll get> the <laughs> expert on tasting there, wood.
6: There could be. <laughs> <laughs> Very All stuck. right. So
5: I wish Dave was here. That deserved the bell. <laughs> Thank okay, you. There you
4: go. <laughs> All right. So today... I believe this is part of the care package, if I'm not mistaken. We are smoking the Perdomo Champagne Epicure. And why don't you tell us about that, Barron? The
5: Perdomo Champagne Epicure is part of this month's Cigar Authority care package. And listeners of the Cigar Authority requested cigars smoked on the show. And this is your chance to get them each and every month. You'll be shipped four different cigars featured on the Cigar Authority that month, all for the low price of just $24.99, and that includes shipping. You can cancel at any time, but you won't because the value is unbeatable. We have also added a new option called Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. This package is $29.99 per month and features an extra cigar. A fifth cigar for just $5 more, and we promise you the fifth cigar will well be worth it. Five cigars for less than $6 per cigar, and it includes shipping. Simple, go to CigarAuthority.com and you'll see the care package. Click on it, sign up. And wait until you see what you get next month. Today's cigar is manufactured in Nicaragua for Perdomo, and it is a 6x54 Epicure. Features a Connecticut wrapper over Nicaraguan binders and fillers, and a single cigar will set you back 869 while a box of 25 is just $179.99, which is a savings of just over $37, or 17% off the box price on Two twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick and mortar retailer that carries it, try 2GuysCigars.com. That's the number 2, guyscigars.com. Pass the oxygen.
4: All right. So, other than sounding like you had marbles in your mouth, nice job. The. <laughs> picture by the way for the video that's going up on youtube could you have picked a douchier picture of me to put as that rotator
5: well it felt like it was going to be an irish spring
6: show because you got the irish Spring. i mean i i
4: am in the cheesiest pose ever i'm in my grandfather's sweater
6: (laughs) actually i've seen a lot of pictures of you and yeah he could have picked a douchier one
4: thanks ed sullivan Uh, and for those of you watching on facebook live or on youtube at any time uh, the voice you're hearing, and you normally hear but not see, you can see what Ed Sullivan looks like. I'm going to wave. Is he a sight to behold or what?
6: Something else. He's something else.
4: All right. So we're going uh, to smoke the Perdomo Champagne Epicure on the day that the final Perdomo child is getting married. That's Natalie Perdomo. She's being married today. And uh, so how appropriate that we're smoking the Champagne time to cut our cigars coincidentally the official cutting is brought to you by perdomo cigars perdomo is the brand that while all other brands were raising prices perdomo cut out the federal s-chip tax and actually lowered them perdomo cigars they stand for quality tradition and excellence excellence thank you ed sullivan
6: you're welcome uh I cut mine already. I'm not used to being up here. Normally, people can't see me. <laughs> and you just
4: do whatever the hell you want to do. I
6: know. I feel like I'm at the grown-ups table finally, and I'm not behaving well.
4: You're not at the grown-ups table, buddy. I have to break
6: it to you. Uh, Butter and
5: wheat on the cold drawer. As they catch up.
4: You know what? I could give you... If you could... If you could put the wheat thin in a bourbon barrel for a couple, two, three hours, then I think you you nail it right there.
5: See, I'll, I get the bourbon on some of the Docker wrappers on Fredomo, and they bourbon barrel age all their cigars. All their wrappers. All their yeah. wrappers, correct.
4: Nothing at um, Sullivan. I, I thought I was going to get the harp on that.
5: I just don't get it on the Connecticut. Thanks, buddy.
4: Um, he's easier to pressure when he's on stage. And
6: I don't typically get a lot of bourbon. I just get the sweetness sure. from it. Sure. Right. You know, maybe a hint.
4: Uh, I
6: want to say a big thank you to By all those. By the way, whose idea was to put the fat guy right in the middle? Like, I'm the focal point right now. We both, we were arguing over, well, I want to sit next to Barry. No, I want to. <laughs> you won't need lies.
4: We made a shit sandwich <laughs> is what it is. And uh, just so you know, he and I are the bread. Yeah, I kind of figured that out. A uh, big thank you to all those who like and share our podcast, especially those who also subscribe on YouTube. It helps us a lot. We really appreciate it. In our studio audience today. We have Joe Quisenberry, who uh, has flown up or driven up. I didn't I didn't get the uh, how he got here. But from Atlanta, Georgia, came up because he literally had nothing else to do on his vacation.
5: And I ask, he has no relationship to Dan Quisenberry. And being you two jabronis know nothing about sports, you have no idea what I'm referring to.
4: Is he a baseball player?
5: He was a sidearm pitcher for the Kansas City Royals.
4: Yeah, I still don't care. <laughs> but he's not related to him, is he? No. All right, so All right. it doesn't matter. Thank you for bringing that up. No
5: problem. Because <laughs> I know somebody out there who's gone, I wonder if he has any relation to Danquee's No one.
4: No one was thinking that. Okay. We're going to light our cigar today with the Margaritaville edition of the Vertigo Stealth Lighter. This is a single action lighter, meaning you press the button down, the lid pops open, and the three jets come to life. You've got the patented Vertigo big-ass tank and a not-so-easy adjustment at the bottom. You're going to need a tool for that, but... This lighter holds its flame height extremely well. So once you adjust it and get it set, fill after fill, it holds that setting. It's a great lighter for $34.99. And again, it's the Margaritaville edition of the Stealth Series by Vertigo. And since I'm lighting a Perdomo cigar, I'm going to light the cigar in Perdomo's way. So if I can have that camera again, Ed Sullivan. So I got a lesson from lighting cigars by Nick Perdomo. What he says to do is you want to seal the wrapper to the binder only. So as part of the toasting process, you just hit that outside edge, knowing that the hottest part of the flame is the very tip, and you're going to roll the cigar around until you get to where you started. And then using the wrapper as your guide, I'm going to have the wrapper be at the top. I'm going to put the cigar in my mouth, above the Mason-Dixon line, and puff with each roll,
5: by the way, Michael Howe says I'm more like a double stuff Oreo.
6: And you blow on the end to
4: make sure you have no holidays.
6: And he's Santa, so his thought matters. Now, when you said, he said above the Mason-Dixon line, I thought you'd have something for that, Barry.
5: I was too busy saying thank you to Michael Howe.
6: All right. He's never been above Speaking the
5: Mason-Dixon line in his life. But. Speaking
4: of Michael Howe, and uh, before we get into our content for the day... Michael sent David a birthday card. David turned 59, I think, this year.
6: That is correct.
4: And so you can see that there's donuts on it. Each donut has something to say. And then on the inside, Dave, hope your birthday is filled with delicious things. Signed, Michael Howe. And he is uh, not only Santa... But a fellow donut enthusiast.
6: Yeah, and I think yesterday was National it Donut Day. It was National Day.
4: Donut Day. David posted about six pictures of eating donuts. Oh my
6: god, and they were good-looking donuts.
4: So I'm going to be—I'm charged with helping him lose weight, and he's down there stuffing his face with donuts. He's going to come back all grumpy and—he's
5: on vacation.
6: He overweight. Deserves it.
4: I don't know if he
5: deserves I,
6: it. I felt like I was looking at donut porn. You—you <laughs> you go
5: away, you increase your eating because you're dining on something. Different than when
4: you're at home. All right. So getting into our content for the day. Hmm. So we get asked all the time, how is it that we come up with the tastes? And honestly, I didn't know how. I just know that I do taste what I taste. So I did some research and I found three, maybe four articles that break down tastes and flavor.
5: Are you going to be reading?
4: No. Thank Uh, you. One of the five tastes, the five tastes are sweet, sour, salty, bitter and the more recently discovered umami which is like uh the glutamate in monosodium glutamate it has a basementy sort of earthy tone to it right pasty so those are the five tastes so if you are smoking a cigar you may be able to identify whether or not what you're tasting besides the smoke is bitter whether it is sour the difference being a sour would be like a lemon bitter would be a cranberry right Thank you, Captain Obvious. Okay. Not everybody might know that. Everybody salty obviously that is salty. Is sweet is obviously sweet. And then umami is that basement taste. So just on those five tastes.
6: Um, Jonathan, can you give us a, a better example? People don't usually taste their basement.
4: Uh, soy sauce would be another example. How
6: about uh, mushroom? Mushroom. Mushroom works. Is a
4: good example. Uh, mushroom in the raw would be a better example. You See, have I would equate...
5: A mushroom with your basement, because it kind of sometimes has that mildewy.
4: Sure. How does
5: soy sauce and basement go hand in hand?
4: They just do. Well, uh, well-cooked beef. If it's well done and has a good hard sear on it, that's going to have that umami, earthy quality to it. So, in redoing the research, I found out that the tongue map that we've all grown to know and love is completely wrong. In an article written by Stephen D. Munger, who's the Associate Director of the Center for Smell and Taste and Professor of Pharmacology and Therapeutics at the University of Florida, wrote an article for the Smithsonian Magazine, and he says, everybody has seen the tongue map, that little diagram of the tongue, with different sections neatly cordoned off for the different taste receptors. Sweet on the front, salty and sour on the sides, and bitter in the back. It's possibly the most recognizable symbol in the study of taste, but it's wrong. In fact, it was debunked by chemosensory scientists, the folks who study how organs like the tongue respond to chemical stimuli long ago. The ability to taste sweet, salty, sour, and bitter isn't sectioned off to different parts of the tongue. The receptors that pick these tastes up are distributed all over, and we've known this for a long time.
5: That makes sense because I usually get salty on the tip of my tongue, not on the side of my tongue. So I thought I was just wired wrong. You
4: are. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, you probably saw the map in school when you learned about taste, so where did it come from? That familiar but not quite right map comes and has its roots in a 1901 paper by German scientist David P. Hannig. Hannig set out to measure the thresholds for taste perception around the edges of the tongue, which he referred to as the taste belt, by dripping stimuli corresponding to the salt, sweet, sour, and bitter taste in intervals around the edges of the tongue. It is true that the tip and edges of the tongue are particularly sensitive to taste as these areas contain many tiny sensory organs called taste buds. Hannig's research never tested for the now accepted fifth basic taste, umami, the savory taste of glutamate as in monosodium glutamate or MSG. The tongue map, If the tongue map were correct, one would expect sweet receptors to be localized on the front of the tongue and bitter receptors restricted to the back, but this is not the case. Rather, each receptor type is found across all taste areas of the mouth. Despite the scientific evidence, the tongue map has borrowed its way into common knowledge and is still taught in many classrooms and textbooks today. Now we know how we taste what we taste. It's time to drill into what the difference is between taste and flavor.
6: Now, Jonathan, is this the part you weren't going to read?
4: I thought I was reading well I, enough. No I, one could I, tell. I was, oh, I was, I was, I, I was just curious
6: because Barry asked. You said no. And I lied to Barry all, all right. the time. I mean, if I want to read, I'll go to the library. You're not reading.
4: You know you won't. (laughs) And and you have the whole second hour to deal with, so just shut up and study. Our tongue can identify five types of taste. Umami, the musty, earthy component, salty, bitter, sour, and sweet. If the focus of your smoking is just what's happening in your mouth, you'll be missing out on 100,000 possible flavors. So... Essentially, if you close off your nose, you're going to restrict yourself to just being able to taste those five tastes. And when we get deeper into this later on, we're going to kind of develop how to include your sense of smell into this, because taste is one thing, smell is another thing, and then you have flavor, which kind of combines the two.
6: So we're going to get deeper into this?
4: Yeah. Uh, More reading. You're not enthralled? No, I am. Okay, good.
6: Good thing I
5: had some Red Bull before we started. (laughs) If
4: you held your nose and closed your eyes and ate chocolate, you may not know exactly what you're eating. Without your sense of smell, chocolate just tastes sweet or bitter, depending on how much cacao, is that said right, is in it? Yes, sir. If you've ever tried to enjoy a meal with a head cold, you know how much your sense of smell adds to flavor. Flavor is more than just odor and taste. It also includes texture and temperature, and even... Includes the sense of pain, which is what you get from capsaicin and chili peppers. Put it all together and you have the ability to discern 100,000 different flavors.
6: That's a lot of flavors.
4: It's a lot of flavors. So speaking of flavors, what are we getting on this cigar?
6: Tobacco.
5: (laughs) I'm getting a little bit of saltiness. Okay. And I'm getting a little bit of bitterness. I haven't learned how to discern the flavors yet based on this article, so that's what I'm getting as of now. So
4: do you I- know how I sometimes call you something, Ed Sullivan? <laughs> yeah. He's that thing now.
6: Well, just a point of clarification. Should I hold my nose while I taste this? No, and then- taste
4: whatever you taste, okay. and we'll get into... That's the why behind it, as far as the taste. So if people are focusing on what's happening just on their tongue, they're going to miss the boat. The other thing, that, I, as I was starting to study this... Maybe two months ago, I realized that your flavor tastes, what you end up tasting when you smoke a cigar, the first thing is smoke. And what I have found is if I go a couple of days without smoking, my palate is too clean to be able to get into the flavors because all I taste is smoke. So there's something to drinking black coffee, for example, which can muddy your palate a bit and smoking a cigar first and then smoking the cigar that you're looking to pull the flavors out of. So maybe start your day off with something less expensive and then move into the more expensive cigar that you're going to enjoy later.
5: To get on back on the flavors and not be a total wise ass, I'm getting a definitive salty sunflower seed
4: off of this cigar. It's actually so you're picking up salty, sweet from the sunflower seed. Uh-huh. I'm not getting any bitter. And then as far as the pain component there's a little pepper on the on the tongue.
5: No, I don't got a lot of pepper on this. I will disagree on that one.
6: I'll go white pepper. Okay. I'm not giving you black pepper. I didn't right. say black
4: pepper. I just said
3: pepper. All
6: right.
5: It's very smooth, very <laughs> balanced. Retro Hell is clean as a whistle, but you wouldn't want you wouldn't know. <sighs>
4: So smoking more often is going to help get rid of the smoke flavor because your brain's going to turn that part off. So if all you taste is smoke and you want to really taste the flavors, you should take a week, maybe you got a vacation, and smoke a couple of cigars a day. And then as your palate kind of gets a little muddy, you're going to start being able to pull more flavors out is my theory. That's what I've put to the test. That's what I've discovered.
5: I don't know if that, that works because, you know, unless you're cleansing your palate consistently, everything's going to blend together.
4: See, I did completely disagree. You know, it's
5: like why you have a steak or, and, and you got asparagus on the plate and mashed potatoes, you usually have a sip of something to drink between each one.
4: But that's like saying you're not going to be able to differentiate between mashed potatoes and asparagus. If you don't have a drink in between.
5: No, but because you know what they are because you're visually looking and at And if you're them. drinking. Asparagus tastes like asparagus.
4: If you're drinking. All let's cigars say,
5: look the same for the most part. They're round cylindrical. Um, they have a band on them. It's not defined like looking at a plate of asparagus and saying, all right, this is asparagus. If you're smoking too much, I think you get palate fatigue.
4: Two cigars a day is nowhere near too much, Mr. Six Cigars a Day. You had two before you got here. This is your third cigar. It's actually my
5: fourth, but okay. Okay. Is that all? So
4: you're the guy trying to argue for not smoking as much. And you're the guy who typically rates cigars two points too high. So I don't want to hear it.
6: Do you think that's because of palate fatigue?
4: No, I think that's because his palate's so refined, he can taste all these additional subtleties. Mm -hmm. And he smokes eight a day. But he's saying... Just because I'm doing this segment, oh, you should smoke less. But it
5: also depends on time. You know, if you're a guy that's smoking one cigar a week and then you go into two cigars a day, it's going to take you a while to adjust and to process that.
4: I agree, which is why you would take your vacation week, light up a couple cigars a day, and then by the third day, I think you're, you're broken in enough
5: All right, you've to defined be able to it taste now. it. I agree with the Go way back and just listen to the it.
4: podcast. I defined it already.
5: Well, again, I've fallen a asleep jerk. from you reading. <clears throat> Whoa.
4: If gonna- I could show everybody the show notes from the second hour, he wrote a friggin' book. He has no bullet points. He has paragraphs, paragraphs. But whatever.
6: Are you guys fighting? No. Any anybody any Can't chiming we in? We love each other. Any
4: <laughs> chiming in from the chat box? Can anybody save me here? No. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, we're going to take a break then. When we come back. They say that taste is subjective, but it really isn't. Flavor is subjective. Wait, there's a difference? Yes, there is. And we're going deeper right after this quick break. We're live at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
7: To some, tradition is a catchphrase. To us, it's a guiding light.
3: The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern twist. America's favorite love story takes on a modern zeal with this A.J. Fernandez collaboration. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta, crafted in Esteli, Nicaragua, is a contemporary take on the rich and robust profile of the Romeo by Romeo collection. This exceptional premium offering employs an aged San Andreas wrapper, considered one of the most flavorful leaves used in today's premium cigar market. Handcrafted in Nicaragua by cigar master AJ Fernandez. Full flavored, dressed in a stunning San Andreas wrapper. Rich and bold profile with notes of dark chocolate, spice, and licorice. And available in four sizes. Robusto, Toro, Pyramid, and Short Magnum. Competitively priced under $10. Romeo San Andreas by Romeo y Julieta. The Romeo y Julieta love story with a bold and modern
6: twist.
2: The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, surrounding a Dominican blend of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor is smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar
6: because they demand more. This is George Padron from Padrone Cigars. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
4: And we are back. And I feel like we covered enough to understand the five tastes that everyone has. And we're going to introduce our sense of smell now and find the flavors. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority. Quick shout out to my man, Tom Duggan from the Paying Attention podcast. And this is a little reciprocity. He gave me a solid shout-out saying that he doesn't really like cigars, but he enjoys my contribution to the show.
5: Hmm. Yeah, he left us speechless.
4: <laughs> he doesn't like you much, Barry. It's all right.
5: I don't like me much either.
4: Um, I don't know if uh, we kind of briefly mentioned Dave's book when it, because he was pretty excited about it last week, but he didn't really give it. The Just Deserves. It's called David versus Goliath. You can go to DavidGarofalo.com and find it. That's D-A-V-I-D-G-A-R-O-F-A-L-O.com. If you'd like to order it, some of our members of the studio audience have ordered it, and they got it signed by David, which is the best because he hates signing autographs. So if you buy the book, be sure to bring it in. Uh, it doesn't matter if what type of store you have, if it's a retail operation, this is the book that you need. I know that we've used these promotions in the store, and I can tell you that they all work.
5: And it's now a bestseller on one of the sites that sell
4: correct book. their book. Baby has it listed yeah. as a, uh, a bestseller, and uh, the picture I saw looked like it was the number one book for that week. So yes. it's uh, it's cranking in units, which is pretty awesome. Good for Dave. Alright, so you and I go back and forth all the time, Barents, about retro-haling. retrohaling. And how I don't do it, but I'm still able to pick out the flavors. And when you and I agree on a flavor, it's not like I can't taste it. And sometimes I'm tasting something you don't taste initially, and then you retrohale and you get it. So why is it that we're both able to taste the same flavors and we both don't go about this retrohaling well, didn't we, the didn't, same way.
5: Didn't we touch on it like a couple of weeks ago that you were a super taster or something like that?
4: I can taste the, I think the chemicals, phenylalanine is what David has alluded to, and I can taste it. Can you taste it? No, no. I've Never, never done the thing? I've never done the thing. It's disgusting. So according to an article in 2013 written by Michael Moyer called, Why Does Food Taste So Delicious? As we interact with what we're tasting, in this case cigar smoke, a little air is forced up. Passageways in the back of the mouth, where scent receptors in the nasal cavity detect thousands of volatile chemicals that add up to complex flavors. This retronasal olfaction, as it's called, has almost nothing to do physiologically with the act of sniffing. Your brain knows where the smell signals are coming from, whether it's through your nostrils or from your mouth, and in the case of the latter, it ropes them together with the signals from the taste buds. Retronasal olfaction produces a completely unique sense. Neither smell nor taste alone, but a hybrid that we'll call flavor. So do I retrohale the smoke? No, but I do push in a, in a bit of a chewing motion. So if you wanted to try this at home, you take a puff.
5: And to me, that's the most important thing. Like pe- people have asked, how do you do it? How do you taste it? And the number one thing that I could tell somebody is sometimes just doing that chewing motion will trigger the brain into taste
4: blow it out (laughs) and then with your mouth closed if you chew a little bit you make that chewing motion you're going to push what's left on your palate back and forth up over through this in a in a forced retronasal olfactory and up in those sensory areas is where you're going to catch the flavor Different flavors are going to come to different people depending on what you've eaten. If you have a a more Mediterranean lifestyle and those are the kind of foods that you eat, the smoke, any of the smoke flavors that fall into those categories, you're going to pick up. You might, one person might pick up olives where another person that eats black licorice all the time might pick up black licorice. So
5: what you eat- Yeah, you can only equate it to what you know. Correct.
4: Correct. So as we learn to separate flavors, uh, what we're tasting into flavors, our brain will connect them to something familiar, food flavors. As we smoke a cigar, the first thing to be aware of are the first five main tastes. When you're ready, like I said, you simply take a puff, blow it out, and then identify which of the basic tastes you're experiencing, whether it's umami, salt, bitter, sweet, sour. This is going to give you a framework, and and this is only if you care about being able to taste a more in-depth flavor in your cigar. So you identify what you have. So we have on this cigar, a little sweetness. Agreed. There's a little hint of. Um, now I'm deeper into the cigar. There's a little bit of bitter going on. Agreed. And very, very subtle salt.
5: Agreed. In the first third or in the first light, there was more saltiness.
4: It's it subsided a bit. It
5: has subsided significantly.
4: So from those places. If I go into my chart, I just wrote down a bunch of things that would be that we could pull up on, let's say, bitter. So we're getting a bitter sensation. Would we say that it's bitter from a chocolatey standpoint, more of a citrus standpoint, more like a cherry, tart cherry, cranberry kind of bitter? I, w- I would say it's more tart. Tart like maybe a cherry.
5: Yeah. From now, a cherry pie, pie, not like a you
4: know,
5: raw, you know, cherry. I don't
4: know if you've, anyone that has gout knows that they've, or if you've ever had tart cherry juice, it has a very distinct taste to it. So I've had that. So my brain, that's the direction my brain's going is I'm getting a salty tart cherry, right? A hundred percent. Okay. It, but 100%. Now, if it was me delivering this on the Cigar Authority, the way I would deliver it, I would say, here's what you do. You sprinkle. you First, you break open a cherry pie. You sprinkle a little bit of salt in there and then take a bite. Now you eliminate all the sugar and you have,
5: well. Well, what about the crust? Yeah, I think you throw that away. That's the best part of a pie. <laughs> you don't throw away the crust. <laughs> well. You throw away the cherries. You just I, eat the crust. I, I mean, from a taste perspective. Do you remember Entenmann's? Pot cakes and pies, of course. the coconut custard pie. My mom would buy the coconut custard pie, and there'd be no crust around the pie, because <laughs> I would go in there, open it up, break off a piece of the crust, and she'd go to have a piece of cake at night, and she'd be yelling at me, because there's no crust on the edge. That's the best part of a
4: pie. And I would have said to her, Ma, if you'd like crust, <laughs> I have a place that you could go. <laughs> By the way, I'm in need of underwear. <laughs> <sighs> so you may get more than one flavor, as we alluded to here, we got some salt and we got some bitter. So some of these flavors combined may give you some initial flavor ideas. For example, if you had salt and umami together, it may remind you of soy sauce or sweet and sour sauce. Together, uh, and that together may have you thinking about the sweet tang of barbecue. Keep in mind that you're not attempting to taste the smoke. You're attempting to taste the aftertaste of the last puff. And this is my argument. I think you and Ed Sullivan have probably kind of burnt out your <coughs> old factory senses because you guys retrohale all the time. So in order for you to have the same experience that I'm having, you have to retrohale.
6: Well, I will say we don't really want to have the same experience you're having. Yes. Why does he have to be such a jerk? <laughs> I am glad. <laughs> say such hurtful things, Ed I am Ed glad Sullivan. he
5: spoke for me because he was correct. But you know what I'm getting also from this? You ever go out for sushi, and they, or even regular Chinese food, you got the red soy sauce with the sodium, yep. and you got the green soy sauce with the less sodium? Yeah, lower I'm, sodium. I, I'm getting the green.
4: Going lower so Well, because it's L- low, yeah, lower sodium. It's lower salt. Not getting much of the umami flavor. Uh, a cigar that is known for its overwhelming umami scents is Davidoff White Label. Yes. If you smoke that special tea.
5: Especially on the cold draw.
4: I'll give you that. But the the specialty specifically because of of the shape that it's in, it continues the umami flavor intensifies as that cigar goes down.
5: It's almost like the hanky trademark. You know, Pepin has the Pepin spice. He has the trademark barnyard mustiness.
4: The other one is, and I think we're smoking it on an upcoming show, is the Hammer and Sickle Tradition, that new collaboration with United Cigar. That cigar has that classic hanky umami yes. taste to it that's who blended yeah it, so. that
5: would be on a future show
4: so if you if we break down the the flavors if we started at umami inside umami flavors you're going to have the vegetal taste so sometimes when i say the chinese pea pods i'm alluding to the umami earthy herbal savory, which would be meat-like, leathery, soy sauce, sun-dried tomato. Then you go into... See,
5: I find it interesting that leather's on that list because you always give me a hard time with leather.
4: That is, That would just be, if you tasted leather, that would be under that umami headline. And this is not me saying it. This is me looking at no less than six flavor wheels.
5: And they all have leather on it.
4: And they all have leather on it. Then you go into the roasted. You're going to be getting coffee. You're going to be getting carbon, which I do get a little bit on this. You're going to be getting some burnt sugar. You could be getting smoky beyond just the smoke.
5: I always get carbon if I smoke with a cold.
4: Makes sense. You always. have no sense of smell. Uh, under Still under umami, if you were going into spice, umami spices would be clove, licorice, curry, nutmeg, ginger, coriander seeds, cinnamon, white pepper, black pepper. And with cinnamon, not sweet cinnamon, more of a bitter cinnamon. And you'll
5: never uh, hear me say coriander because I can't say that I've ever had coriander.
4: Coriander, the coriander seeds are um, cilantro. That's okay. the seed of the cilantro plant. It has a...
5: I've had cilantro, but I've never had the seed. The
4: seeds themselves are, are more on that earthy tones. Uh, salt is salt. Bitter could be chocolate, citrus, pith, tart cherry, cranberry. Uh, sweet would come under, what you'd it, have...
5: What is pith?
4: Pith is the white part. So if you were to... Okay. Bite into an orange, okay. and then take the white part that has the bitter component. Never knew
5: that it was called pith till just now.
4: Uh, so we've
5: actually learned something on this show. You or did, at least I have.
4: <laughs> Under sweet, you're going to go into the fruity side. You'd have citrus, the apples, melons, grapes, tropical fruits, stone fruits. You could have sweet cherry versus tart cherry.
5: What, what qualifies as a stone fruit? Any
4: fruit that has a stone in it: peaches, plums. Oh, correct. Okay. Uh, berries or dried fruits, and then sour. If you went into the fruity aspect, you'd also, you could repeat citrus, apple, melon, grape, tropical fruits, stone fruits, berry and dried fruits. So what you're looking for, if you're looking to pull taste out of a cigar is identify which of the five tastes you're experiencing, and it can be multiples, and then it may be helpful to have a flavor wheel handy <coughs> so that you can start at those five senses, those five tastes, and then start working your way toward flavors. Often, and as I've done to Barry many times, and he's done to me, somebody says a taste or you read a taste, and then it kind of wakes your palate up right. more than just tasting it. Because sometimes tasting, if, if you were to light up a… a yeah, when, high, I,
5: when I first started reviewing cigars back in 99 or 2000, in the beginning, I used to keep a flavor wheel handy. Because it helps. Yeah. You know, you know it's there. You can't quite put it. You see the word; it triggers it. That's what it is.
4: So i th- I think that the flavor wheel is a better way than using food because, if, as we experienced last week, if you're tasting, let's say, a Padron 1964, which has an overwhelmingly chocolatey component to it, if you eat chocolate, the chocolates are going to cancel themselves out. So,
5: some people prefer complementary flavors, though. You know, I prefer the opposite, but sometimes complimentary does help, especially in the beginning when you're first learning the taste, right? because it'll help enhance.
4: All right. So uh, now that we've gone through some of our flavor options, why don't we find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein? It's time for What's What's Up up? in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled n2 bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse cigar today. And this week, the state of
5: Nevada has introduced a tobacco twenty one law looking to state to raise the purchase age within the state to twenty one. Also in Nevada this week, <clears throat> the state is requiring tobacco companies to acquire a license to give out samples at the upcoming IPCPR. The license which must be required is available free of charge and without a license, manufacturers will be unable to hand out samples to retailers.
4: Do you have to pay for that?
5: No, it's free. But you need the license. Without the license, they could give you a fine. With the license, you avoid the fine. Interesting. It, to me, it makes no sense. You no, know. it
4: kind of makes sense. They want to keep an, They want to be able to get a count for how many people are there giving out cigars so that they can impose some sort of tax, future tax for the right? future.
5: But it's kind of ridiculous that they, they're doing it. They announced it three, three and a half weeks before the show. I wonder how many manufacturers this is going to slip through, and they're not going to realize it.
4: Well, Uh, then they'll get their fine money.
5: There you go. Beverly Hills has officially banned sales of tobacco in the city, with the exception of three cigar shops and hotels, becoming the first city in the U.S. to do so. And the reason for the hotel exemption is uh, due to concierge service. So the concierge will be able to go to the cigar shop, get the cigar, and then sell it to a person staying at the hotel. The U.S. State Department has banned travel to Cuba for people-to-people and educational purposes, which were the most common forms of travel to the island nation. The new measure will also prevent cruise ships from visiting, as they usually went under the guise of a people-to-people license.
4: And this is... I I, I agree with this for the simple reason that you either have an embargo or you don't have an embargo. You can't be 50-50 on it. So either get rid of it or... And enforce it.
5: Right. And if you're going to get rid of it, you know, also get rid of it. You can bring, you know, right now you can bring back as much Cuban cigars as you want. Get rid of that as well. You, right now you're piecemealing it. Either do one or do none. Um, Brian Bird has joined Drew Estate. where he was serve as the Director of Sales for National Accounts. This is the uh, person who handles mostly catalog business. Uh, Brad Winstead, who I believe was on the show. He was. And served as Director of Marketing for Altatus USA. Has been named the head of Casa de Monte Cristo. And as we mentioned last week, and we posted to the cigarauthority.com yesterday with the links, JC Newman will be celebrating, which would have been the 103rd birthday of Stanford Newman. Eric and Drew Newman will be hosting a Facebook Live event at 6 p.m. Eastern on the 12th of June to discuss their family legacy and the future of their factory in Ybor City. And that's what's up in
4: the cigar world. All right. So uh, moving along to upcoming <coughs> shows, we have the Father-Daughter Cigar Show with Gianna and the La Gianna Torpedo next
5: I'm, week. I'm actually really nervous about that show because my asylum bits are usually a little risque. Just tone it down. It's kind of hard for me to do. <laughs> so Gianna, I apologize in advance.
4: <laughs> then we've got the launch of the Pissed Off Kristoff coming up. The... Cigar spoiler alert show where we're going to pre-tape the show and do all of the cigars that are up and coming for the IPCPR trade show. Uh, As David said last time, last week, uh, if you're a manufacturer and you're listening to the show, get us the stuff that you're releasing for the show. And we won't release it until the day that the show airs.
5: And some manufacturers have been great. I probably added about 30 cigars to the list. Nice. uh, I'll make sure Dave gets when he returns from Miami.
4: We've got the... Russian Cigar Collaboration with the folks at Hammer and Sickle and United Cigars and Italian Cigars and Italian Food coming up in July. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I bet you are.
5: You know, I came second place in the meatball contest.
4: There was no second place as I understood it. There was... Uh, first, and then a long line of losers.
5: And you were at the bottom of the list of losers. <laughs> Whatever. Which made you the biggest loser of all.
4: I don't know about that. All right, so final thoughts on the Perdomo Champagne Epicure.
5: Extremely smooth. I think you hit the nail on the head with some of the uh, the taste profiles. There's definitely some of that um, cherry note from, uh, from a cherry pie. Um, a little bit of saltiness, the, specifically the green bottle. And uh, the retrohale is a little bit buttery for me.
4: I'm going to say this is not a mild cigar by any stretch. A lot of people may look at this outside wrapper and judge a book by its cover and say, oh, that's either going to be too mild for me, or this is going to be a very mild cigar, so I'll love it. The thing about Perdomo is he likes the fuller-bodied experience. So I would place this cigar at a five or six on a 10-point scale as far as the strength goes, and I'd give it as much as an eight as far as flavor goes. Full flavored, and it's a medium See, strength On the cigar. strength,
5: i give it a three, but i definitely give it an eight, maybe even a nine on flavor. For me, it is a milder cigar.
4: And if we use the regular uh, plus or minus two points for Barry, the Barry Stein factor, <laughs> we call it behind your back. Uh, you and I are dead on with that.
6: Dead on.
4: And
5: if anything, I would go lower. I'd do it too high. So if I'm giving you a three or three no, 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 it's plus or high. minus with you. It's plus no, or minus. No, no, no,
4: no, no. I should go through all of your reviews and assess whether or not they're pluses or minuses. <laughs> That's what I should do for a show.
5: And so what do you think, Ed? Is it more like a three, or is it more like a five or a six?
6: It's more like a five or a six. Oh, wow. hey, this one sneaks up on you. I think it does. even Nick said for nicotine content, this is surprisingly high. Yeah, for Connecticut. Uh, yeah, I'd smoke a fair number of these in the Corona. Yeah, you do. It's a good morning cigar because it's got a ton of flavor, but it isn't a, a killer cigar for a but, And for most standpoint. people, what you call a morning cigar
4: would be the middle of the night, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning as your first cigar. to
6: smoke whatever, whenever.
4: Yeah. You and I have had texting conversations in the middle of the night when I can't sleep and you're getting up for the day.
6: Correct. You've got to get up early.
4: All right, so uh, I'm going to be handing the helm on over to the great Barry Stein. We're going to take a break right now. My half of the show is over, and when we come back, last week a listener wrote in asking about aging cigars. There are many ways to go about it, but to bring out the most flavor in your sticks, Barry has a couple of key points you should know and pay attention to. We're live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
6: Stepping into the Aging Room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars, as Rafael Nodal has traveled to Spain where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera, it will have you calling for an encore.
9: In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends, the Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX, all aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Estelian and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at twoguyscigars.com Sereno, a
10: majestic cigar aged to perfection.
4: The 15th Anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th Anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th Anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th Anniversary. The La Galera Habato uses a classic wrapper
2: on a staple cigar
0: will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino.
2: This is Eric Newman from the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to The
5: Cigar Authority.
4: It's hey. the after show, the, oh, sorry, no, wrong, that, segment. wrong segment. That's segment. for another hour or so.
5: And we're back with hour number two, broadcast live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Welcome back to The Cigar Authority. Predicting what cigars will age, well, that could be a crapshoot and as difficult as predicting the stock market. In this hour, we'll take a look at some prime candidates for aging, as well as some do's and don'ts that will help with the process.
4: Nice job inserting uh, commas where there were no commas to be had. Right. I don't that use punctuation, but I know where good. they belong. <laughs>
5: uh, in this hour, we're going to light up a, a cigar that uh, recently came out, and it was introduced
4: back at the TAA. Uh, so, Jonathan, why don't you tell us about it? Today's second cigar is the La Florida Dominicana 50th Segunda Edition 2019 TAA. So, it's commemorating the 50th anniversary, which is really the 51st, and that's why they call it the second edition.
5: And I don't know if they could have called it 51st. Probably not. It would depend if they got it out on the market before FDA. In, in
6: they any already, event, already cut his. I waited this thank time. You. No
4: problem. Uh, <laughs> In any event, it's manufactured in the Dominican Republic for La Florida Dominicana. The size is 6x54. I'll be smoking the Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano, while the boys will be smoking the San Andreas Maduro. The binder is Dominican. The filler is Dominican. And the price per cigar is a whopping nineteen ninety nine. $19.99. And a box of 20 will cost you three fifty nine ninety nine. That's a savings of almost $40 or 10% off the box price at twoguyscigars.com. If you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries them, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com.
5: And this is a uh, TAA exclusive. It's available only through
4: TAA retailers such as Two smokeshop and twoguyscigars.com. It's time to cut our cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. we will give this a little cut with my Lotus Jaws cutter.
5: So on my cold drawer, I'm getting a little bit of Buddy
6: Pecan. You're a little bit ahead because you cut early. Well, yeah, if I, we all
5: cut at the same time, there would have been more dead air. And by jumping the gun a little bit, I was able to jump in. There was and, dead air anyways, because we were all looking at you like, and, why the hell are you cutting it early? And setting the groundwork for what we're tasting. And what what did you taste? Butter pecans.
4: <laughs> <laughs> No, I hate the turn that the show has (laughs) taken. Chuck used to be fair, and if Barry laid out a line of bullshit like that, Chuck would call him out on it and give him crickets.
6: And You know what I'm picking up?
4: What's that?
5: Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? It's so freaking good.
2: Have you ever put butter on a Pop-Tart? If you haven't, then I think you should.
6: Never mind. Never mind. It wasn't that.
4: We're going to light our cigar today with the Margaritaville edition Stealth Lighter by Vertigo. This features a single action, triple jet lighter. You get the patented vertigo big ass tank and a not so easy adjustment wheel. But the one good thing about this lighter is it holds its level perfectly true, even once the lighter's broken in. It retails for thirty four ninety nine. That's the Margaritaville edition stealth lighter.
5: You know, I'm getting a little bit of a frosted Pop
6: Tart. Are you really? <clears throat>
5: yes. I don't know if the butter would be on a frost, frosted Pop-Tart. It, it wouldn't. <clears throat> but there's a little bit of that is it, frosting.
6: Is it the cinnamon Pop-Tart? No. No. No cinnamon?
5: No. Not, none of the canal. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to say it right now.
4: I'm nervous about smoking the cigar because... You didn't even
5: tell us what you got on your cold drawer. You would have been wrong anyway because he's yeah, not, not smoking the same thing as us.
4: I'm not going down that road with you. <laughs>
5: So last week on the show, uh, we received an email asking about cigars that would be prime candidates for aging.
4: All right. Everybody's going to have Padron on the list. So Padron is disqualified. We all know padrones of all kind are suitable for aging. So Padron is off the table. We know you can take any Padron, natural Maduro, set it down for years and years, and they come back and they're perfect.
5: Did you read the show notes? Because you so jumped to the end.
4: I'm just saying right out of the gate, I want to make sure no one says Padron because everybody's going to think that we're going to say Padron. So I said Padron. It's there.
5: And I think the 1,000 series is a better candidate than, say, the anniversary series, which is already aged a little bit longer than the 1,000 series.
4: What would qualify as better candidate to?
5: <laughs> it would age better. Like it, it, I don't think you can really age a anniversary ser- series for a long period of time because it'll start to lose – a lot quicker than
4: to gain. I smoked the first anniversary to come off the line that David had set aside, two boxes. It was a torpedo, and the thing was 10 or 12 years old, and it was exceptional.
5: Right, so already 10, uh, well, now it's 10 or 12 years old. Correct. Okay, because they're using more aged tobacco, I think, on the anniversary line versus the 1,000 line. So the tobacco's aged, and we'll get to that. But before we get to that, I think one of the most important points for a person to have if you're going to seriously get into aging your cigars is you need a separate humidor.
4: So one humidor for your regular smokes. Your regular smokes, your everyday smokes. And one humidor for aging long-term.
5: And the reason for that is… I'll agree with that. The reason for that is we all can pretty much agree that the ideal storage for cigars is seventy seventy. Okay. You know, you can make an argument a degree or two in either direction, that plus or minus a two. But however, when it comes to aging, you really want to reduce the humidity. By reducing the humidity, you're going to add to the aging process. And if you go to a cigar factory, be it in Honduras, Dominican Republic, or Nicaragua, most aging rooms are kept around 62%, and in some cases, a little bit lower.
4: And the reason for that is the cigars are rolled wet. So they're trying to get the humidity of those cigars down and try to get the ammonia to evaporate with the water coming out of the foot of the cigar. The one thing I'm going to say to you is that based on some new information that I got with a conversation with Nelson Alfonso, who has a very specific aging process, that the key is in bringing the humidity up to 70%, and then allowing the humidity to fall below that 62, down to a, he takes his down to 45. So what happens, and the cigars are all capped. So right around where the band would be around the cigar, the primary band, you've got about an inch and a half to two inches of cigar. And that's where the ammonia ends up residing. So if you've ever smoked a cigar beyond the band, you may notice that some of them, ones with lesser, less aged tobacco in them, start to get a little bite. You get a little sting in the back of your throat. This is where the ammonia pocket is in most cigars. So in order to get that ammonia pocket out, you hydrate the cigars up to 70%, which activates the tobacco and gets the transfer of oils to happen between the tobaccos that are inside. And then as you dry that out down to 45%, the moisture leaves, but it takes with it the ammonia and starts to pull it out of the center of that cigar. And then you rehydrate it again, and it inflates, and breathes in, especially if you're aging something in, uh, in Padron's case, a cedar box, a Roa, a cedar box. Now you, you aging in the box, it's a whole different ballgame.
5: Right. And I think aging in a humidor is key. You don't really want to use a cooler door for aging. You want to you wanna be able to get some of that cedar into play. Um, and then the next question is, do you, do you buy one or two cigars and you age them or do you buy a box?
4: Christian Aroa has been quoted, and he has a sign from his company that says, buy it by the box, kid.
5: And, that, the, most important, and the most important reason for that is, let, let's say you're taking a brand. We'll use Lafleur Dominicana since that's what we're smoking. Sure. Um, you're going to sit on them. You're going to age them. You're going to drop down the humidity. You're going to bring them down to 62 if you're going to get as, as more in-depth or almost as crazy as Nelson Alfonso because he does it to the extreme. You're gonna eventually. You're gonna take it from the 62 humidor and you're gonna put it into your 70 humidor, and you're gonna let it start to absorb some of the moisture from the humidity and light it up. You want to be with a box. You'll be able to tell: is the cigar optimal at this point? Is it starting to lose flavor? Is it gaining flavor? You'll
4: have you'll have many different samples. You'll have many different
5: samples. So at the point where it might be starting to lose a little something, that's when you want to start smoking them.
4: Now I've got a very large humidor at home, not quite on the same level as uh, what I would imagine Ed Sullivan has. But what I do is I have my cigars in the box that I'm going to age and I take them. Now that I've learned this from Nelson, I'm taking the the cigars that I want to drop the humidity down out of the humidor for two months and then I'm going to put them back in the humidor. I have the, the bottom of the box labeled and I'm putting them back in the humidor for one month and then taking them out for two months and back in for one month. And so whatever wood the manufacturer chose to store those cigars in for shipping, it's going to affect the flavor of the cigar, the way the manufacturer has it set up.
5: And also where you live plays into that. Like we could get away with that here in New Hampshire where it's never really that humid. Taking a cigar out of the humid or living in Miami, it's going to totally different experience because it's always 100% humidity.
4: But in your house in Miami, you have this thing that they invented years ago called air conditioning. It's still more.
5: wetter than it is up in a drier climate. I'm sure. I mean, trying to dry box a cigar in Miami is, is difficult. And sometimes you'll dry box a cigar if a cigar is a little too wet. You're having a hard time keeping it lit. Um, it's not burning right. There's too much humidity in the cigar. At that point, you want to reduce the So maybe the, the room you
4: store your cigars in, you have a dehumidifier.
5: There you go. Or even in a closet, which is usually cooler, or a basement.
4: They don't have many basements in, in Miami.
5: Miami. No, they do not because it's all swampland. Um, then the next question is the age-old argument. Do you age your cigars in cello or do you remove them from
4: the cello? If it comes in cello, you leave it in the cello. And something that I didn't do in the last segment, if it's a manufacturer that really has true cellophane, and one way you can tell is you take the cellophane and you start set it on fire. And if you get the aroma of burning wood, which I do off this Perdomo cellophane, then you know that it's real cello and it's breathable. And if you get the smell of burning plastic, that is a... Um, Petroleum-based cellophane, which David's allergic to, by the way, um, his hands break out. If it's petroleum-based cellophane, it's not as, it's not as breathable. Right.
6: That, that's how we test it. We just hand them to Dave and see the <laughs> reaction <laughs> Does is. he get a breakout see or not?
5: See, now when it comes to everyday smokes so that you're going to keep in your 70-70 humidor, I say leave it as the manufacturer shipped it. They came in cello, you leave it in cello. But when it comes to aging, if you walk into any factory, any aging room in any factory, the cigars aren't in cello. So my argument is to take them out of cello and put them back into their natural habitat for terms of aging.
4: And here's where you're wrong about that. You're going to have damage like they do in a factory, and they can afford to have damage because they account for damage. A regular consumer doesn't want to lose 25% of their aged product to damage. So you keep them in the cellophane. If you're concerned about the breathability of it, you can pop the cellophane open. You could punch a hole in the end of it. So that what the other thing the cellophane does is it protects, not only protects the wrapper from handling, but it protects the wrapper from splitting if you got over humidified for some reason. And it also slows down the transfer process of humidity because with a rolled cigar, you don't want it to happen quickly. You want it to be very, very slow.
5: See, I believe that care... Could reduce the amount of damage, and uh, it's the age-old argument. You know, you, there's really no right or wrong answer. There is. Keep believe. the
4: cellophane on if it can't. No, came I, I, I,
5: I truly believe there is no right or wrong answer because in the factory, they'll sit in the aging room without the cellophane.
4: And they get 25% damage.
5: If you take care of your cigars, you're not going to get 25% damage. If you're damage. aging
4: them in the box like you're supposed to, you're more than likely going to be okay.
5: All right. Let's, let's just move on to another argument and uh, take a look at this week's Versus segment.
4: And it's time for the matchup of the week brought to you by V.S. V.S. means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair Cigars, who would win this hypothetical battle? Would you rather clean rest stop toilets or work in a slaughterhouse for a living? Slaughterhouse.
5: Have you ever been in a rest stop bathroom at 7 o'clock in the morning before the janitor shows up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to call every piece of cattle Mr. Jonathan and take
4: great (laughs) pride in slaughtering them. Okay. (laughs) I think that's a little extreme. (laughs) We've gone from just breaking my balls to now first-degree murder.
5: And meanwhile, you managed to get killed. I am now a prime suspect.
4: Yeah. Ed Sullivan, what say you?
6: I'm going slaughterhouse.
4: I don't know how I feel about the transfer of blood from one animal to another. We just watched the hot zone, the wife and I, and with the pathogens being able to jump from one species to another, this would make me very nervous. So I would just suit up and I would deal with the poop. Huh
5: so you could wear a respirator in a slaughterhouse and you're covered in the, the rubber the apron, the gloves, the boots.
4: You know an awful lot about this, Barry. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Complete the fifth. Yeah, I'm cleaning bathrooms. Cleaning bathrooms. And the proper way to kill somebody is with a Cadillac, but that's another story.
6: Well, uh, listen, in the slaughterhouse, I can smuggle some good eats out of there. You're not going to get that in the rest stop bathroom. Have you ever killed an animal before?
4: Hunting. Okay. Does that count? Yeah, it's slaughtering. You, well,
5: I mean, You'd rather clean a dirty bathroom than do that.
4: Shooting a squirrel with a pellet gun <laughs> is hardly slaughtering. Uh, semantics
6: depends on your perspective. A mouse in
4: right? a mouse trap—it's not slaughter. That's, I'm not eating it, nor am I touching it. I get tongs and I take the the tongs and pick up the mouse trap, throw the mouse trap and the tongs in the trash, and wash my hands thoroughly.
6: Oh yeah, see, you got to go for the rat zapper. <laughs> I guess. No, they go in there, and then it electrifies them, and then you can just dump them.
4: Yeah, but you still have to touch the trap. I've got to throw the trap away, so I'll
6: just... No, no, this is a plastic enclosure.
4: I'm not touching it. Then no. I have to throw that away and the tongs that touch the trap. I can't. Yeah,
6: but the mouse is dead in there. All you're touching is plastic. What if he touched
4: the outside? I don't want anything to do with it. I'm not no. even a germaphobe, but just something about mice. It freaks me out. Hmm.
6: Okay.
5: Moving along. And when you're going to age a cigar, it's important to know the type of tobacco that you're aging. Know what the cigar consists of. And if you're smoking a cigar, say like an Atabay or a Byron, that's already significantly aged, it doesn't need additional aging. If you age it, the chances of you going past that window are far greater than if you take a cigar that does not have age components.
4: I am going to take the opposite argument, big surprise. Of course. That you don't really have to care what the tobaccos are specifically other than you need to care care what the strength is. If you start off with a very strong cigar at the end of, let's say, 10 years, you're going to end up with a cigar that drops down a little bit in strength into the medium, medium plus range. If you start off with something mild, let's say uh, Aladino, Connecticut, you're not going to reap much benefit from making that cigar much milder. Uh, if we were to stick inside La Florida Minicana, if you had their Suave line, mm-hmm. you're not going to benefit from aging that long-term. You won't, if you were going to age La Florida Minicana, this one, it, it's kind of kicking my ass. I'm uh, an inch in here. And I would say this would benefit, for me anyways, by having some additional age to tamper that strength.
5: Well, you jumped the gun. A a cigar that's Lajero-laden or a cigar that has a thicker wrapper will age better, or thicker tobaccos in general. A Connecticut cigar is a thinner wrapper. It's going to lose some of the strength a lot quicker.
9: But you
4: could take something like the Perdomo that we smoked in the first hour, and you could sit on that for a year or two. That
5: is a thicker Connecticut.
4: And you could smooth that out. You could take uh, Intemperance, his Connecticut line, and you could get that to smooth out a bit. You could really see the benefits there. It's not so much the tobacco as it is the strength, I think.
5: And the internal components on an intemperance are a bit of a higher priming.
4: But the outside wrapper is, is the same. a little same. bit
5: thin, but it comes down to knowing your tobacco. Heavier, stronger tobacco will age less.
4: But you don't have to know the seed strain that they put in it, is my point. You just have to know, is it stronger, yeah, yeah, is a, it a, milder? A cigar
5: that's built all on Seiko isn't going to age as well as a cigar that's built on a higher priming. It's already mild to begin with. As you, it loses the strength, it's going to lose some of its flavor as
4: well. But if you ask a regular consumer, how much Seiko do you think is in that cigar? They're how not going to be able to answer How much
5: that. of a regular consumer do you really think is taking part in aging?
4: I know a lot of people that don't give two flying you-know-whats, what's in the cigar. They just know they buy their boxes and they sit on them for a year or two, and that's it. They're buying for the future, which is what I'm starting to do. Really? I am. And which
5: cigars do you have right now as a prime candidate?
4: My number one cigar that I would say I probably smoke the most of is the Aladino Corojo Reserve, and I've got a box of Toros and a box of Robustos that I'm currently dry boxing. I'm running my
5: So you're making my argument right now for me.
4: Well, I don't know what the components are yeah, inside. You, you
5: know, it's a stronger cigar. You, That's you, my point. You know that it's a heavier, uh, a heavier wrapper, right? Thicker but I wrapper. don't. I couldn't
4: tell you what the wrapper is or what the components no, but are. Uh, no, right. but I'm not saying. I understand that, but I'm not saying the
5: strain. I'm saying the types of tobacco. A stronger, just stronger, cigar, and stronger. Generally, We're saying the same thing. It generally equates to a higher priming.
4: We're saying the same.
5: thing. It's authentic Corojo. You
4: just worded it weird, where you said you have to know the tobaccos. Really, you just have to know the strength. Is it strong? suitable for aging. Is it medium so plus? It's suitable fight. for aging. Yeah, I never Is said it the mild? Of tobacco Smoke it.
5: A milder cigar will take far less aging than a stronger cigar. It won't
4: age as well. I'm with you there.
5: So we're smoking the Florida Americana 50th Anniversary Segunda Edition TAA
4: 2019. Thoughts? A lot smoother than what I expected. I was expecting a little more in your face Kind of a pepper bomb that I get from some of their stuff. And this is there's a slight hint of spice, more along the lines of a sweet cinnamon than on the white pepper side of things.
5: And having smoked both, the reason why I suggested the natural is I figured it would be more in your comfort zone. It's amazing how the change of wrapper changes a cigar that much if you didn't know.
4: Is that the only About thing cigars. that's different between these two?
5: To my knowledge, from what's been told to me, the only thing that's different is the wrapper.
4: Then I might have been okay with the Maduro if it, they're the same the, the, strength. The, this, the, is, this is an eight in strength.
5: The the San Andreas is a bit earthier. There's some coffee notes, um, a little bit more pepper, especially on the olfactory. Oh, nice. <laughs> I learned something <laughs> in the first hour. Um, <laughs> The, the old retro
4: nasal olfactory. But it's
5: a, it's a little bit more coarse compared to the natural.
4: This is smooth. I got to so. hand it to those guys at La Florida Minicana. I don't know whether
6: it was Lido or Tony that worked on this, but
4: home run. Very good. So,
6: so just a little bit rougher, you think, Barry, in terms of it's not as refined a flavor? It, it's, I wouldn't call it rough, but it's not as smooth or uh, refined
5: as the natural. You know, if you're, if you're a LaFleur Dominicana fan, the D- Double Ligero, uh the Diggers, um, and you like that, you're going to prefer the Maduro.
4: If you rolled... Uh, if, if you, you rolled were a fan of the Suave... String bean almondine in a little sweet cinnamon, you'd have this. And you remove the string bean? No, no, no. You keep the string bean oh, right okay. in there. String bean almondine with a little dusting of cinnamon. Yeah, Ed I'm, not Sullivan.
5: Get, I'm not getting that at
4: all. You're not smoking the same cigar that I'm smoking. Therefore, I cannot be wrong.
6: I'm making it a, Hashtag, an educated assumption. I'm just saying.
5: And on our argument, I think the Maduro would be a better candidate for aging versus the natural.
4: If you were looking to smooth out those high points. And
5: that would be the <laughs> point of aging, in my opinion. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back... We will put our necks on the line and suggest some cigars we think are perfect for you to age. You're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network.
2: Let's talk a little about Rough Rider cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice it's sweet like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding.
5: Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Provider number nine from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android.
11: Available at top retailers like cigars.com and is distributed in the United States by Miami Cigar and Company.
2: It's time to light that cigar and stay tuned. Ooh. The Cigar Authority will be right back on the United Podcast Network. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez.
4: What the hell are you doing? writing a commercial for jose dominguez well what you should be doing is talking about how good they are that jose dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake jose dominguez not singing a song if that's what you think you're doing what i am doing is creating what is known as a donut
1: Legendary Brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. The nearly 175-year-old H. Upman brand in collaboration with storied cigar maker AJ Fernandez bring a medium to full-bodied, sweetly balanced, and yet complex smoking experience. Boasting an Ecuador Sumatra wrapper, this cigar produces incredible aromas and nuances of sweet spices. Today. Almost 175 years later, the legacy of H. Upman lives on a brand-new take on an age-old brand. Handcrafted in Esteli, Nicaragua by cigar master A.J. Fernandez. Available in four sizes, priced under $9, a legendary brand opens a new chapter in its storied history with the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. This is Mr. Jonathan Carney with La Flor Dominicana Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority. Not this, anything.
5: And we're back and we're smoking the La Flor Dominicana 50th Anniversary Segunda Edition, and we're being joined by Joe Quisenberry, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority.
4: Yeah, that's right, Joe. You're uh, hailing from Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And you literally had nothing else to do, so you swung by and paid us a visit. <laughs> we appreciate that.
7: That's an honor. Thank you for having me here. No what problem. uh where do you fall on uh on aging? Um yes. Uh so I um you know, I keep my cigars brown 65 66. I'm down in Georgia, so a little bit more humidity down there, but um you know, I get the box and you know, after about 6 months I'll take one out of the box and smoke it and you know, after 6 months in increments as it starts to kind of back off a little bit like you were saying on flavor. Mm-hmm then uh, I'll start smoking them quickly.
4: So you're buying boxes for the future. You're not buying boxes to smoke now. Both. So what What would you say you, if anything, what would you say you, you buy and you smoke right away?
7: Um, I would say I do, uh, I, I, I cover the spectrum. I'm more of a full, fuller body type, you know, cigar, but um, uh, Padron's really good. You've already said that, yep. you know, for, for the future. Uh, so I have those in there for aging, And then I just try some other stuff and see how it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. So you got to smoke them quicker.
4: Agreed. Agreed. Nothing wrong with
5: that. And Jonathan, you mentioned that uh, you're currently aging the Aladino Corojo Reserve. Correct. Is there anything else that you're currently aging?
4: I would say everything in my humidor, I split my stuff up between the stuff that I'm going to age. So everything that's in the humidor, I'm aging. I unplugged the humidifier. But as far as those Aladinos, I wanted to get the thing cracking so I just took them out of the humidor completely because I don't want the ambient moisture of the other cigars raising the humidity in that box so I'm going to let those calm down and when everything gets down into the 40s I'll put the boxes in I'll be able to start everything back up together. Now
5: have you ever bought a box that say let's say you bought a box in 2016 and you aged it and it aged beautifully and then you bought another box in 2017 and that didn't age as well
4: the one cigar that. that stands out is way back in the day, Ascensia, and they made a big mistake putting the date on the outside of the wrapper. So the 2008 was exceptional, and the 2009 was a little flat. It was it was still a good cigar, but it wasn't great. So the 2008 was much more cedary. There, were, there was so much more going on, and that got better and more refined with age, whereas the 2009 was a little flat to begin with, and it just kept flattening out, so I ended up just smoking through them.
5: And this is why I said earlier that it's a crapshoot, because I've done it with Tatuaje, and Tatuaje back in the, near the beginning of their existence 10 years ago, those cigars aged beautifully. A lot of the newest stuff that's been coming out the last couple of years, I noticed, hasn't aged as well. So as the variety or the, uh, the crop changes, um, does it necessarily mean that it's going to stay the same in terms of aging?
4: All right, why don't we uh, hear the Don Rafael Offer of the Day, brought to you by Don Rafael Cigars. Everyone's got a price. Would you do this, and if so, for how much? Today, the offer is $10,000. Hmm. You steal a car from a car dealership and elude capture for 36 hours. Your legal fees, fines, and restocking fees for the car would be paid, but you'd be on your own if any damage happens to the car. If you get caught, your fees and all that stuff would still be paid for. You would just get no money. $10,000 to steal a car from a dealership.
5: If you don't get caught, you don't go to jail.
4: There's no guarantee you go to jail either way, but your legal fees are paid. 10000 36 hours? 36 hours. I'd be tempted, because I think if you steal it Uh, on Christmas Eve... Be careful, I might have an angel investor. (laughs) If you
5: steal it on Christmas Eve and you return it the day after Christmas, it's pretty much 36 hours where nobody's really going to be looking for you.
4: Interesting. So I think it's
6: doable. Even if you get caught, if you never did anything else, you probably get, you know, probation, something like that. I'd encourage you to do it, Barry. I'm tempted.
5: But a fat guy in jail, I want a farewell. You ever see the beginning of Shawshank Redemption where they really
7: rode the fat guy? I know, but it, it, it's, it's a great diet plan.
4: <laughs> where do you come down on this, Joe?
7: I'm out. I'm uh, pretty risk-averse, so uh, I'm out completely. <laughs> and
4: Johnny and Ed that. Sullivan,
7: we know you're not
4: doing it.
6: Uh, no. No. I would say absolutely not I'd be
4: in the same boat as Barry I I would be very tempted Of course, going to jail for you would be a trip to hedonism And that's Skip Martin's favorite (laughs) line That's the reason you say that
5: And you should tune in on Wednesdays for the after show Sponsored by Skip Martin's Roma Craft And uh, Wednesday morning that show will go live
6: Yeah, 4am 4am
5: it
4: it goes live And (laughs) uh,
5: So Ed, do you have any cigars That you have in your current aging rotation? That you would care to recommend if somebody was looking to start aging cigars?
6: So so here's where I'm at. I age nothing anymore. (laughs) I just smoke them. I I figure you get to a certain point in your life, and you just got to smoke them while you can. Yeah, Uh, smoke them if you got them. I mean, I I don't even have much old in there anymore. I've got most of a box of the original Camacho Corojo's. So I wouldn't say I'm aging them. They're a little past where they should be. It's more sentimental at this point. I don't want to finish those. But for cigars that I think would benefit, I think uh, Skip Martin's Neanderthal, I think would benefit from some aging, although... You smoke those right out of the box. I've run out of them before I can start aging them. I've got some uh, Todos Los Dias, you know, the half Churchill. Yeah. Is, cigar is strong AF. Yes, and, it is. You know, I bought those before I even tasted one, smoked a couple, and thought, you know, I'm going to age these. <laughs> so it's probably, that was the original release. What's that been, a year now? At least a year. So yep. I should take one of those out this weekend and check in on it. The third... I think that uh, Nick Malillo's Tabernacle would probably age pretty well. Yeah. But again, I just smoke them as I buy them.
4: The other company, a, and I alluded to it a little bit, is Christian Aroa's Aroa, the first 20. I think in that box, that's a cedar box, it's very cedary to begin with. If you laid that down for six months to a year, it becomes exceptional. And then On the Maduro. Correct. Whereas the natural version Colorado. of Colorado is it's cedary right out of the gate, but it just doesn't, I don't think it has the strength to be able to withstand much time. You'd have to get to that quicker.
5: I agree. And uh, a couple of cigars from, from my uh, my picks. This week I reviewed the Agonorsa Leaf Signature Maduro, which
4: is available at twoguyscigar.com. Uh that's a shade grown Maduro.
5: Right, but it's still a dense cigar, and it has Medio Tiempo. I'm which, just
4: saying you didn't mention that. That's, a, that's an important selling point. It's the shade-grown Maduro. No one's doing that.
5: And it has Medio Tiempo in it, which is a bit of a thicker leaf. And even though this, uh, the cigar scored, I think it was a 94, um, the dense nature of that cigar, I think, will do well with some aging. And also uh, Sin Compromiso, um, which is a extremely dense cigar, and I think over time that should age well from Steve Saka. Uh, the flavors
4: will pop. Both of those cigars are just fine as they are, as well. They are. They both score. They
5: both score in in the nineties, uh, but I think they scored would go up uh, with some aging.
6: And you know, I think that is a point to be made. The ones I picked and the ones Barry picked. It's not like the tobacco mm. isn't well aged. Correct. You know <laughs> that it's a great smoking experience right off the shelf now. Right. right. Same it,
5: thing with the Aladino Corojo Reserver that absolutely. Jonathan Absolutely.
6: I think most people
4: that end up aging cigars are doing it inadvertently. They buy something special, right. and they haven't found that special occasion that's uh, good enough to be able to light it up. And the the late, great Eric Hansen used to say, smoke it. They'll make more.
6: <laughs> I, Unless it's something limited, no, smoke I, it. I understand that, but so many times when they make more, it's not the same as it was. Well, that's the that's a different argument. You're going to stock up at that point.
4: <laughs> yep.
5: And it's also important to remember that no matter how long you age a cigar, if the cigar wasn't good to begin with, it's probably not
4: going to get much better. Yeah, old crap is all you end up yeah, with. you got a crappy the, cigar and you end up with old crap.
5: And that's the stuff you save for a barbecue and give to somebody and, uh, like Uncle Jim.
6: And I think we often do the wine comparisons with cigars, and I think there are some similarities. You know, if you get a red wine— That's likely to age better and longer a robust red than a white wine. Yep. You know, so I don't know if your grandfather's Connecticut is the white wine of cigars, (laughs) but that's not a cigar that you'd put aside for aging.
5: Correct. I wouldn't put a Davidoff away for aging, a regular Davidoff release. But, you know, every now and then they'll come out with a special edition like, uh, like the Chef's Edition, which has become a yearly release from Davidoff. A little bit of a stronger it's not your traditional davidoff that might do well for aging but like your davidoff thousand series your your specialties probably won't age as well um they will definitely lose flavor and what little strength there is relatively quick in yeah, my I mean, opinion
6: a number of years ago now i had a cuban davidoff Which, even at the time I had it, it was well past its prime. I'm not saying it was a bad cigar, but the flavors get more muted over time. Yeah, you got to be careful of that. All right, why don't we do uh, what
4: we have Joe up here for, which is the Classic Three-Way brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of
1: yeah, baby. They didn't where that came from.
4: Yeah. Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot. Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. This uh, segment always makes me nervous uh, because I'm always afraid I'm going to give away the answer.
6: How, how many tiebreakers? There we are have? no tiebreakers. Uh.
4: So you, it, we're just playing it straight.
6: There's no, no such think. thing as a tiebreaker. You breaker. know how to play it straight. <laughs> Did you uh, research? It's not it? funny, Joe. Did you research this or this is Dave's? This research. is
4: my research.
6: So it's going to be a little off kilter. It may be. All right.
4: First up is Sir Thomas John Wood- Woodward. Sir Thomas John Woodward. Anything.
5: No idea. Mm -hmm.
4: You might know him professionally as Tom Jones, the Welsh singer. His career has spanned six decades from his emergence as a vocalist in the mid-60s with a string of top hits, including It's Not Usual, What's New Pussycat, the theme song from the 1965 James Bond film Thunderball, Delilah, Green Green, Grass of Home. You know him. You love him. It's Tom Jones. What year was he born? And uh, since you're our guest, Joe, I'm going to let you go
7: first. I'm going to go with 1921. All right. I'm going
4: to
5: go 1940. All right. And I had 1937.
4: And as much as this pains me, (laughs) it's Barry Stein. Two points.
6: Well, he studied. Did he? No,
5: you gave it away that his career started in the 1960s. Chances are he was about 18 years old. You deduct 18 from 1916, and I always deduct 2 because of the plus minus 2 argument, and I came to 1940. Uh, Makes perfect sense. Never mind. (laughs)
4: Prince Rogers Nelson. Major Healy? He went by his first name only, which was (laughs) Prince. He was an American singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, actor, filmmaker, and once he was even a symbol. With his career spanning an X number of decades, I'm not giving that away again, Barry Stein. (laughs) Prince was known for his eclectic work, flamboyant stage presence, extravagant fashion sense, use of makeup, which I love, and wide vocal range. Little Red Corvette, Controversy, and Purple Rain are just a few of his hits. It's Game, Blouses. What year was he born? And next up is Barry Stein. 1956. says 56. Ed Sullivan. Wow, now I'm scared. I said 1970.
7: Okay. Joe? I had 1951. And I hate to say it again, but
4: Perry <laughs> friggin' Stein
5: Don't tell me it was two again. Three? No, no. Oh, okay. know, at one
4: point, he was born in 1958.
6: Man, uh, he was
5: old. See, that time, I didn't need the plus minus two.
6: Oh, yeah. I
4: would have had two points. Dino Paul Crochetti. Dean Martin? Famously known as Dean Martin, an American singer, actor, and comedian. One of the most popular and enduring American entertainers, From the mid-1920th century, Martin was nicknamed the King of Cool for his seemingly effortless charisma and self-assurance. Also a member of the Rat Pack, he was born today. And we're up to Ed Sullivan.
7: 1922. And Joe? I went with 1932.
4: And I got 1929. I'm happy to say you're all over. He was born 1917. Barry Stein is in the lead right now with three points. I wish I had more questions. There's no way to catch him, but uh, Herbert Randolph Sugar, also known as Burt Sugar, the boxing writer and sports historian, recognizable by his trademark fedora, an unlit cigar. He died March 25th, 2012. He also had a cigar named after him, the Burt Sugar Cigar, made by the folks at JC Newman. Come on, guys. I can't make it that easy. What year was Burt Sugar born? And we're at uh, Joe again.
7: 1947.
4: 29. I
6: had 1914. God damn it.
4: Barry Stein (laughs) takes it again. All right. Barry wins. Four to zero to zero. Barry Stein is the champion. Joe, you let me down. Uh, I did. You let me down. All right. It's not that easy being on this side, is it? No, it, it isn't. Yeah. You don't have the computer to be able to Google the answers and then feel like you got it right. I
6: feel dumb.
5: You, are dumb. you want to feel a little dumber? Yeah. I think it's time to step
6: into the asylum. Yeah, it is. Is it really? Oh, my God. I wasn't even ready to step <laughs> in. There.
10: They're coming
8: to take me away. haha. They're coming to take me away. Ho-ho. Hee-hee. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the day and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take
5: me away! <laughs> it's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true, or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 8x80 asylum cigars one foot on the brake and one on the gas there's too much traffic i can't pass and that might be a good thing if you're a fan of hard rock heavy metal according to a report by auto express magazine the next time you're heading out on the highway you are more likely to get into a car accident listening to fast-paced music and guitar shredding as the average driver saw their speeds increase by 10 miles per hour and their gear shifting became erratic If you want to be a highway star, the second worst music is classical as it puts you in a deep state of relaxation and it slows the reflexes. Drivers that listen to this music drive 15 miles per hour slower without realizing it and they often missed traffic signs. According to the report, the best type of music is pop and the song that performed the best with the proper speed limits and gear shifting was Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind shaking one off to her. And that's not oh, only insane, it's asylum.
4: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Way to take it home, I guess. <laughs> and I'm glad you read that one this week <laughs> yeah. because I know Gianna is a big Taylor Swift fan. So
5: uh, so we're smoking the La Flor Dominicana 50th anniversary, secondary edition, 2019 oh. TAA. Really simple, short name. Um, final thoughts, gentlemen?
4: Listen, it's it's well-constructed. The burn line is pretty friggin' true. A little flake on the ash, but I think uh, if you just set it down for a couple of months, that would clean itself up. I'm still getting a little bit of that cinnamon and vegetal component.
6: Now, when you say set it down for a couple of months, you mean before you light it? Correct. All right. Not after you light it.
4: So I'm, either, I'm
5: getting close to the halfway point of mine. I got a little bit of that powdered sugar coating from a neko wafer. Uh, specifically the, the licorice one. Um, there's also a little bit of coffee notes and some earthy, some earthiness.
6: I'll go with the earthiness. I'm, I'm ignoring any licorice that's in there because I don't like that. And I do like this cigar. Mm. And Joe, you had lit up from the care package. You're a member
5: of mm-hmm. the care package. You were smoking the Perdomo Champagne 10th Anniversary Epicure.
7: No
4: pressure, but what did a- you get for a- flavors? A- a- any,
5: <laughs> any thoughts on that cigar?
7: Um, it was pretty mild. I, I you know, in strength, I I'd, I'd give it a four or five and, but a lot of flavor, Yeah,
6: you know, very good. And any thoughts on how well Jonathan read? <laughs> Perfect. He did a great job. That's
4: my man. That's my man. You just redeemed yourself. <laughs> All right. So next week, Dave returns from Miami. Uh, he's at the wedding uh, for Natalie Perdomo. And we're going to hear some of the details, I'm sure, as we're joined by Dave's daughter, Gianna, to celebrate Father's Day weekend.
5: And if you've learned nothing more in the past two hours, remember to keep the lit end out of your mouth. See you next week.
0: The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.